Welcome to the Epic Mom Podcast. I'm your host, Carol Walker. Each week, I get to talk to amazing women about their epic adventures in motherhood. I'm so glad you joined us. I hope you enjoy the show. Hi, friends. I am so excited to have you join me for the Epic Mom podcast today. My guest today is Ashley Mortensen, and I've known Ashley since she was a young woman. We went to a girls' camp together, and I just loved her from the minute I met her. And in our conversation today, she shares the birth story of her first daughter, who just turned one year old. And I think it is an amazing story, and I hope that you enjoy it as much as I did. Welcome to the Epic Mom Podcast. My guest today is Ashley Mortensen, but I have known Ashley for since before she was Mortensen and she was Ashley Peel. So look back in previous podcast episodes and you will find a, an amazing interview with her mom, Jennifer Peel, author and mother of this amazing daughter. So welcome to the show, Ashley. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. I'm really, really excited to visit with you today. And um, why don't you introduce yourself? Absolutely. Yeah, I'm Ashley Mortensen. I live in Utah. It's been home for on and off for the last six years. Um, I married my husband almost three and a half years ago now, and we had a baby girl, uh, Lisa Jo, last year in April. Um, We just celebrated her first birthday uh, this weekend, actually. And she is full of life and keeps me on my toes and busy. So yeah, that's what I'm doing day to day. You're just being Liza Joe's mom, mm-hmm. which yep. is, which is awesome, which is yeah. awesome. Would that every little one-year-old has their mom's undivided attention, right? Oh, totally. At least that's what she wants all day long. <laughs> for sure. For sure. So one, did it go by fast? It went by so fast. That's the thing is I, when she was first born and I mean, She's a terrible sleeper still, but those first few nights when you're tired and so tired after having a baby and you just want sleep, like I thought that stage would never end. I I really thought that I was going to be at the newborn stage forever. And then now that I look back, it feels honestly like it, just a few weeks. Like I can't believe that it's been a whole year. It, it's so fast, isn't it? Yeah. And, very. and I think that I mean, you bring up a good point that often, especially in motherhood, we're in the middle of a stage and we're like, oh, this is never going to end. It's It's going to be like this forever. But then looking back, you're like, oh, but it was just a moment. So some, a good advice I heard once from somebody, um, was in times and times that are hard or whatever, that it can't rain forever. Yeah. I just thought that's so wise. And that has really that's helped me when things have been hard just to go, well, it can't rain forever. So Mm -hmm. we're just going to get through this. It's going to, it's going to work out. It won't rain forever. Yep. Um, So why don't you um, talk to me about like when you decided to have a baby and were you super Mm -hmm. excited to be a mom? Like, did you always want to be a mom? You have have a pretty great mom. So she makes it like a good, a good gig for sure. Thanks. Um, Yeah, I really did. I remember being back in, I mean, just about to go to college and not being able to figure out what I wanted to do with my life. And I remember just having a conversation with my mom saying like, I really just want to grow up and be a wife and a mom. Like I really, that's something I really wanted to do. And um, so we had a conversation like choose a school path that would help me 
be a better wife and mom. And so that's what I did. Cause I knew I wanted an education too, but since ever since I got married, I knew that I wanted to be a mom. And so when we felt the time was right, we'd been married for about a year and a half. And, um, and then right around the time that I found out I was pregnant, I found, I got diagnosed with like a super, uh, at the moment it was a scary medical diagnosis. They found some like large tumor and I, you know, it was crazy, but I don't know the idea of being a mom and you knowing I was pregnant and I felt like God really helped me through all of that moment. And yeah, I don't know, just being a mom, deciding to be a mom wasn't hard. Like being a mom is hard, but deciding to be a mom wasn't a hard decision. Yeah. That would be super scary, especially as a first time pregnancy, you already don't know what to expect. Totally. And the whole thing is new and different. And Mm then, wow, scariness. Yeah. Scariness. Um, So I want to get into that, but back me up for just a second. And Mm -hmm. what did you end up majoring in then? I I went psychology. So that's what I ended up majoring in. And my intentions were to go into therapy when I first started it, but I'm not sure that's the route I'm going to go. But I went into psychology so I could um, better understand the way our minds work, uh, just, I don't know, to help through mental health. So I think that's so, super important. And I just felt like those would help me maybe be a better listener and being a good listener, I mean, is really important even to a one-year-old who can't talk yet. So, oh, I think you're totally right. And gosh, being able to kind of have an understanding of human emotion and human, totally humanity and how we work and stuff, how that could be invaluable as a mom. I wish I had done that. That's genius. What a good idea. What a good idea. So, and how has that helped you so far? Has it like, have you leaned on that a bit? Yeah. I feel like it's helped me to be a little more introspective. Um, I, being a mom is, makes me just kind of want to make the world a better place where I see the world in the things in it, where my kid's going to grow up in. And that scares me. And I'm like, I want to change that. And so my degree and things like that has helped me. I've, I toy back between going to like social work because I would like to work a lot with like mothers and children um, in the, that are, you know, just even in like the criminal justice system, things like that, homes for moms and children, refuge, just stuff like that. A lot of that stems from my degree and my experience as a mom that I feel like draws me at least for the future when I have more time to do things like grad school and work more. So. Yeah, that's awesome. And it is kind of when you, when you have little tiny children, sometimes you have to put some of those plans on the shelf for a minute. Oh, totally. But they don't go away. And as you already said, like the first year goes by so fast. So, and I'm here to tell you that the first 20 years go by so fast. And before you know it, (laughs) you're, you know, my middle child just turned 18 and I'm like, wow. We, yeah. Like in one year, she's going to be like out the door on her own and yeah. we're just going to have two at home. And when did this happen? Yeah. Right. I know. It goes I, by super fast. Yes. I, my mom would agree. So I try to enjoy the moments as much as I can. I think that's awesome. I don't know that there was anybody whispering in my ear to enjoy the moments when my babies were little. Yeah. But I do remember my mom making a comment when I was a teenager that Mm -hmm. she had met a friend who just enjoyed sitting and watching her children play. And my mom was never like that when we were little. She was, she was a busy doer goer. Um, Yeah, she was. Yeah. We were, we would go and play 
so that she could get th- some things done. Right. Yeah. So she met this friend that taught her to sit and observe and enjoy. And, and she did that with my younger siblings. And I thought, oh gosh, maybe I'll just, you know, I'll apply that when I'm a mom. And, and I tried really hard to do that, especially when my kids were little. And, mm-hmm. um, and I really, I don't have any regrets. I'm not looking back going, gosh, I wish I had done that different. Yeah. Right. Or I think if I had filled my schedule up, I would maybe feel differently. So yeah. you're wise to, you're wise. Just Thanks. soak it up. It's a season of life. It's yeah. a season of life. All right. So let's get into Let's get into your pregnancy and, and, and birth story, because I think you have some really, really powerful lessons that you learned through that, that you could share. Yeah. Thanks. Um, I honestly, when I, when I found out I was pregnant, I had found out, um, two days before that I was, um, that I had like this, what was it? Six inch tumor in my abdomen. And, uh, so being pregnant, you know, I had been looking on Pinterest cause I'd wanted to be pregnant for a little while and was expecting it. And so when I found out I was pregnant, I thought I would do this whole like Pinterest worthy, let's, you know, surprise my parents, my husband, my family, all the whole get up. Right. And right. so, but I didn't because I was terrified because now I'm pregnant and I have this tumor that I have no idea, but I can't go get tested. I can't get the CT scan because I'm pregnant. And so I had to wait, uh, what I found out at four weeks I was pregnant. So I had to wait 10 more weeks to get, find out what, whatever it was that I had, um, hoping that it wasn't life threatening to me or the baby. It ended up not being, um, and yeah, I, what did you do? What did you do during those 10 weeks? Like I would have lost my mind. Yeah. That like, that's, that's scary. And it's ever, it's an ever present worry in your mind. I'm sure. Totally. Yeah. I, it was my last semester of school and I was still working part-time. So that was really good that I was able to be distracted by those things. Yeah, Yeah, definitely. So that helped in those regards. I did feel a sense of peace and my family members would, you know, like I would talk to my mom and she would feel peace. My husband would feel peace. The, the beginning of it, I mean, was terrifying. And I just like, remember, instead of being excited, I remember calling my mom crying that I was pregnant. It's the thing I had wanted for like nine months at that point. But then I was so afraid and just because I didn't want the baby to be her or me. And so um, I just remember holding on to that piece and just trying to be excited. You know, when I hear the baby's heartbeat at that first eight week appointment, that like that made uh, things a lot better. Um, and the doctors were not because they said that it looks like something that wasn't cancerous, that that relieved my worries. They tested my blood for cancer uh, indicators and they came back negative. So we were pretty sure it was something that was benign. So that helped me through the process till I was able to get an MRI. Wow. Yeah. Crazy. What? Yeah. Crazy. All right. So you get the MRI and yeah. you find out what? And it was something called a dermoid cyst. Um, and just a really big one. It was connected to an ovary on my right ovary, uh, by like a thread of tissue. And it was, the cyst was like the size of a football. And they said, I probably had had it my whole life and it had been growing over time. And they said that the only risk I had during the pregnancy was the baby having not as much room. And as it, and if my ovary torsioned, which means it twisted on itself and died because of the cyst. And they said that would be my only risk because that wouldn't, that requires surgery. 
And so I had to just basically watch out signs for that. And because honestly, you know, the second trimester, you can have surgery and that's fine. But it, but if you get into the early third trimester and up until, you know, those last weeks until it's about 37 weeks, it's really risky to perform surgery while pregnant. And so we were just hoping and praying that I would be able to make it through the pregnancy without needing to have it removed. Wow. Yeah. So aside from just the ever present worry and concern and hoping that it's all going to be okay, yeah. were you, did you experience like, was it painful or discomfort or was it just like, aside from the worry, it was nothing else? Um, no, starting. So because I had had it my whole life and I never knew about it, which is so crazy to think about. Um, I like, I thought it would be that way. And, you know, they told me that just the room of it was fine, but around mid 20 week something, I started experiencing some pain and they said it was pretty common because it was shifting because my baby was growing. So it would be moving. So it was right. basically just kind of swinging my ovary back and forth, causing a lot of pain, um, which is gross and crazy, but it was doing that. And that sounds totally painful. Yeah, it, I can't believe that. It really was, but I didn't know how high of a pain threshold I had had because I've never experienced anything like that. Never had surgery, nothing. So I didn't know how high my pain threshold was at the time. And so, but basically they would just offer me a narcotic pain prescription or just tell me to take Tylenol and rest. And I actually got laid off from a job um, halfway through my pregnancy. But I think that was God's doing because I was able to have, I was graduated, didn't have a job. So I was able to rest a lot. And so I rested and just walked and got my house ready. And so if I was in pain and I would rest for a few hours, eventually the pain would go away. But yeah, it was pretty, it was pretty intense at some moments. But also that's cool. That was a gift because you really just got to have your last little bit of just you time. Yeah, no, totally, (laughs) totally the cleanest my house ever was and was after that point. So yeah, yeah. Yeah. And you know, the most sleep you probably will ever get the rest of your life. Absolutely. Yeah. No, totally. (laughs) Once they come, you don't sleep. No, I still don't sleep. So you don't sleep. And yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I like to say that I get more sleep now. And while I do get to sleep through the night, I'm up really late at night with teenagers. Sure. Yeah. So it's still no sleep. Totally. And then I, I hear that as you get older, you don't sleep as well too. So I'm like, okay, so my sleep days are gone. Just keep this in mind. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So now it's time to have the baby. So you're yeah, like 40 weeks. So when did, when did you, I had her at 37 actually. So it was the week uh, my mom came into town. Cause I was actually going to walk for graduation with my sister um, because my mom and my grandpa and then my aunt came and they were going to watch us walk. And then my baby shower was going to be that weekend actually. And then I was, I did not want to walk, but I only did it because my mom wanted me to, she wanted to see it. And I was like, okay. And family came and I was like, fine, I will do it. Cause I mean, I was, I was 37 weeks pregnant. I was so uncomfortable. And so I was like, I will do it for you guys. But then it was graduation was on a Thursday that Wednesday night before we went out to eat and we went and got decorations and stuff for the baby shower. And then in the middle of the night, I started experiencing pain. And this whole time that I had been at home, um, the last four months before I had tried to like do a lot of meditations and hypnobirthing type things to prepare for like an unmedicated birth, just cause I was like, I feel like every first time mom is like, why not? Let's try. 
And I was like, I have the time to prep for it. So I would walk and meditate and stretch and exercise, do all these things that I was like, okay, I'm preparing myself for a good birth because I had the time for it. And so in the middle of the night, I started experiencing pain and I thought it was labor pain and the pain wouldn't go away. It kept waking me up. And I just was like, yes, I think I'm in starting to be in labor. Um, The only thing is, is that I couldn't time the pain felt like contractions, but it felt like a continuous contraction. It never stopped. I couldn't time it, but I had read some moms experienced that. So I was like, sure, why not? Whatever. So I was pretty positive sitting on a birthing ball, all that. And then around five o'clock in the morning, I, you know, woke my mom and my, my aunt up. And I was like, I think, I think it's, you know, I should go to the hospital and get checked to see, you know, if it's time for baby at all today. And I get to the hospital and they're like, yeah, no, you're not in labor. And I was devastated. I was like, you've got to be joking me. There's no way I'm in so much pain already. And so by the time that positivity started wearing off and the pain just got worse and worse, And then my husband even asked, like, well, this could this be the cyst and the the ovary torsioning? And then the nurse, the doctor didn't even come see me. And the nurse was like, no, your wife would be acting like she was in a lot more pain if she had an ovary torsioning right now. And so they sent me home and they're like, you can fill this prescription for painkillers if you want. And basically you can take painkillers for till the baby comes. And I was like, no way. Nope, (laughs) I'm not doing that. And so they, I get home and I try sleeping. I try eating. I almost threw up like six times on the way home in the car because the car made it so much worse. And I was home for a few hours before my mom, aunt, and my husband were like, something is wrong. You need to go back to the hospital. And I've learned my lesson that I need to speak up and advocate more for myself in that moment because I in healthcare professionals were amazing, but I was a totally odd case. So when I come in complaining of pain and they don't see any signs of labor, they're going to just assume that I'm probably this first time mom who doesn't know what she's doing kind of a thing. And that's exactly what they did. And so I walked back into the hospital and my husband, who is very much will advocate for me. And we both were like, we're not leaving. Like I'm in actual pain. I don't need to fake tears or whatever to be believed that I am in pain and something is wrong. And I have a weird case. So we need to monitor whatever it is. And so they, the nurse kind of begrudgingly, like whatever she like brought me to the room. She wasn't super excited. That was fine. We didn't connect well. It was totally fine. But she, they just like, strapped me in a bed with a monitor and they're like, you can't move out of this bed and just sit here. And they didn't, I mean, I had no painkillers, nothing. So I, I was dying. I mean, this went on for hours. And then finally the doctor came in and he gave me, he's like, you can go home with pain painkillers. And I said, no. And he said, or we can um, induce you. But if you, you know, go through that process, you could potentially, the cyst could burst, which no one had ever told me that was even an, an option like that, or oh, that was grief. even a possibility. And I was like, what? And then he's like, or you can have a C, right? He's like, or you can have a C-section. And I was like, uh, and so then I was like, can I please just like not be monitored for a few minutes, walk around so I can, I think through this for a couple minutes. So he let me walk around and me and my husband discussed it. And I did not want to have a C-section. But I also knew that out of all three of those options, it was the safest for me and for Lisa Joe. And so I knew that that's what I needed to do. And 
Um, I had family come and support me and um, I received a blessing, all those things like that just helped me that calmed me to know that that was the right decision. Cause I felt like the healthcare professionals didn't necessarily believe how serious it was. And then were just giving me the option. So I, I was so afraid of silly things like, you know, is this the bad thing? Like my bad mom for choosing this. But then I was also like, seriously afraid, like she's 37 weeks, but if she's not ready to come out, like, is she going to have to go to the NICU? Because I decided to have a C-section. I just had so many fears running through my mind, but I was in so much pain that I knew it needed to stop. Um, and so we decided a C-section and, you know, once I got into the OR and, um, they prepped me for, uh, delivery, she, uh, the doctor, and the same nurse were in there. And then the nurse actually mentioned that my pain had gotten so bad that it kind of kicked me into labor. I was actually having contractions, but my pain was so bad that I couldn't, I didn't even, I couldn't tell I was having contractions at all. So and, it was um, all along. Yep, it was. And so while like they're, they're, you know, in there and they take the baby out and then they go to my cyst and the ovary, they told me that my ovary was twisted and that it was gone. Like they couldn't save it. And it, so it was, my ovary had torsioned and the, and which while I was sad that I lost an ovary and that whatever, I felt so validated that despite the fact that I wasn't acting like I was in enough pain, like I knew my body, I knew something was wrong. Yeah. Um, and my little baby, she came out screaming and she, she had some breathing issues at the beginning that they took her for a little bit to just monitor her that, but once we were able to do skin to skin, um, her breathing went back to normal and we, I don't know. So as soon as they laid her on my chest, she stopped screaming. She stopped crying. It was beautiful. And I, you know, and despite having a seat, like it all went perfectly, you know, it was scary laying on a table, you know, whatever the C-section was a crazy experience in itself and having surgery while being awake was crazy. Right. That's crazy. But yeah. yeah, it really was, but it was what needed to happen. And I felt validated that I advocated for myself and that my family and my husband advocated for me and in the right way and that we got the treatment that we needed to. Oh, I love that you, I love that you talk about the advocating for yourself and your family. Cause I think like how are healthcare professionals supposed to know what's really going on with each individual person because every True. person is different. And so they're Absolutely. doing their very, very best. When I, Absolutely. When I walked in to deliver my fifth baby, I don't get very mm -hmm. big. I carry it all inside, which yeah. causes its own issues. But I don't get yeah. I don't get very big on the outside. And so um and you know how after a, a lot of a lot of ladies like their first baby they're smaller and then they they're a little bigger each. Yeah. See because totally. the muscles know what to do and they grow faster. I don't know what it is. So anyway. So Yeah, I'm, right, I'm, but it totally happens. It totally happens. So I'm in, I'm in labor. I know, I know I'm ready to deliver this baby. Right. So I go in and mm -hmm. I say, okay, so I'm in labor and we probably have, and I think because it's my fifth baby, I can tell you, we probably have about two hours and then we're going to have a baby Yeah, because I know this is where I'm at. The nurse looks yeah. at me and she says, so this is your first. She totally doesn't even believe me at all. So this is your first. I said, no, this is my <laughs> fifth. And then she's like, oh, you might know what you're talking about. And she began to hurry yeah. a little faster. Right. But for the, yeah. at the beginning, not so much. And I didn't tell you this, but my fourth baby was a C-section. Oh, really? She, yeah. She, um, the, I was at my baby shower for her and I had an appointment for just my regular checkup about two weeks before she was due. So 38 weeks. Right. And so mm -hmm. I had my regular checkup right after the baby shower. 
So I sent my older kids home with a friend and went straight over to the appointment. And during the appointment, they did, you know, they do the ultrasound there every yeah. appointment toward the end. And the doctor's like, um, I think that she's wrong side up. <laughs> I'm like, wow. what are you talking about? Yeah. So she was, so she was breech. Well, yeah. because he wanted, um, the doctor wanted to talk with me more about my options or whatnot. So he's like, okay, you get dressed. I'll see you back in my office in a few minutes. And, and, you know, he had to see other patients in between. Cause now it's like, I'm out of the rotation on the appointments. Right. Yeah. So I had to wait a few extra minutes, but it was enough time for my husband to come over and join me at the office. And while I was sitting in the office, um, waiting for him to come, I remembered that I had a dream as I was waking up that morning. And all I pictured in my dream was me laying on a table with a blue cloth in front of me and James, James's head next to me and thinking, I wonder if James would be okay if I had to have a C-section. Well, of course he would. What a silly yeah. question. And that was my only, that was it. So as we're in the office and the doctor's like, well, the baby is breech. We can try and deliver it if you want. But, you know, the, the he's like, I've delivered lots of breech babies, but the pendulum of medicine is is swinging towards C-section is automatic for breech, but I'll do whatever you want. And I looked at James and he looked at me and I knew because of my dream that that's what we should do because yeah. I, I had, I had planned to have like a natural birth and mm-hmm. all those things. It was baby number four. I had done this before. But, um, and it ended up, it ended up saving, probably saving my life and probably saving hers to do a C-section, honestly, because that was, she was, she was, it would have been dangerous for us to try to deliver her breach just because how she was positioned. But anyway, I think like what you're saying where you just knew that the pain had to stop. Yeah. We know, right? We know. Totally. And even though she was a little bit early, that was, but that would have been a worrisome decision to make, but yeah, but um, it worked out the way it needed to. Right. Right. And you were able to like, listen to your own body. And mm-hmm. so that was completely different than your birth plan. Miss, yeah. I am training myself to be able to do a home natural birth. <laughs> yeah, right. While I'm pregnant. Um, so how did you feel afterward? Were you just so thankful it was over or did you have some regrets? Um, I wouldn't say regrets. I think I mourned not being able to do it the way I wanted to. Um, I had like, I, I mean, I, I put so much effort and preparation into it, but when I looked back, I would, I was torsioning. It felt like a constant intense contraction without stopping for 16 hours straight. If I had not prepped all of that, I would not have been able to withstand that pain. So like God knew, I feel like with me preparing to go unmedicated with for an unmedicated birth, like I was able to withstand 16 hours of intense, crazy pain until she was delivered. But I did mourn like that because, you know, having a C-section, it can affect the rest of my pregnancies and the rest of my deliveries. But the thing is, is that it, it, you know, it happened to keep both her and I safe. And so I was so relieved because after that, I mean, I was, that cyst and a baby were gone once. And I felt so much better, even just have having just have ha- having had surgery. I felt amazing <laughs> because I felt I like I could breathe again. I was like, <laughs> Oh my gosh, I can breathe. I, you know, yeah. I mean, of course I had the epidural and morphine or whatever, and some great painkillers at the moment, but I felt so good and relieved after um, I think I mourned more later on, you know, you hear silly comments like, that I got a couple times about like, 
C-sections not being the real thing. And one person even said, like, you took the easy. Yeah, someone told me I took the easy way out. And I looked at them and I was like, you've got to be kidding me. What? (laughs) There's nothing easy about surgery. I was like, what? And I mean, birth in any form is not easy. There is no easy way out. But I was like, um, being cut open and stapled shut and having a baby on the same, same day just does not sound easy to me. No. And then you've got the recovery. So like yeah. with a, with a natural birth or a, a regular birth, you, you know, you feel better after a couple of weeks, but with yeah. a C-section often it's a lot longer than that before you can lift anything besides your baby. Yeah, it's so true. I mean, I was blessed to be um, similar to my mom in that recovering is, is actually pretty okay. And so I was, I was recovering well, but I remember just like coughing and sneezing for weeks was so painful. Um, I was able and walking up the stairs. I, I managed and laughing, well. right? Yes. Oh my, my gosh. My problem was like, I didn't realize how funny my husband was until after that baby was born. I'm like, you have got to stop talking. Yeah. You're right? hilarious. And I laugh and it hurts. It Just hurts stop. so bad. Talk. Well, then you right. have the baby and you're like, oh my gosh, I can like lay on my stomach more or flat on my back. No, I still couldn't no. because it hurts so bad. And I was like, this is so messed up. Yeah. But you're all fully cut recovered now, obviously, a yeah. year later. Yep. And um, and so will only having one ovary, um, excuse my ignorance, that should oh, no, impact your ability to have more babies, right? Apparently not. I honestly, I've been on the lookout for a new and better doctor because um, I went to a clinic of multiple doctors. So I never got to just talk to one and they didn't, they all made it sound like everything should be normal and that you know, I, my body should act this way it was before. And the one ovary should take over for the other. Um, but I honestly, I have no idea and it, but it should, like, I should be able to get pregnant again in the future without much issue. So I don't know. We'll see. I'm glad that, you know, I had two. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. It was yeah. fair. Yeah. Well, and, and probably finding a doctor that is, has more experience with that might be, might totally. be good. Yeah. And totally. At least give you more peace of mind for yeah, sure. Absolutely. Yeah. So when I had baby number five, I was super glad to find a doctor that was, um, that was familiar with delivering vaginally after a C-section. Oh yeah. So I was able yep. to have, I was able to have Samantha, um, the good old fashioned way. I didn't have to do another C-section. So yeah. they still did an epidural just in case. Totally. Um, but, but that was, so I was super grateful for that. So, yeah, I know that's my goal um, next time is to find a doctor who supports that. They said I was a good candidate because I obviously didn't have a C-section for a, a birth delivery related issue. It was a whole other issue. So, yeah, whole other issue. And you're young. Yeah. Heal up fast and yeah. all those good things. Right. Have you found any difference? Like was, had the cyst been giving you trouble? You didn't even know it was giving you when you were like, like now, like, did it change anything in terms of your cycle or anything like that, having it removed? And you're like, oh my gosh, I don't have any PMS anymore or anything like right, that. Right. See, so in those regards, I don't know. So I'm still breastfeeding. So I have no idea in terms of cycle. I have no idea like when my cycle will return, but I, I've, yeah, in that regard, I don't know. It should, I mean, it could have an influence. That's for sure. I mean, it has to, I would assume it was an, a whole ovary. Um, and assist. So, and which is hormone, I mean, hormonally related, um, but right. it definitely well, needs to get like, if, yeah, if they said that it was already there before, I was like, gosh, have you been like 
yeah in pain in you know a base amount of pain all these years right well I had like (laughs) it's so silly like a few years ago I remember like laying down and I was actually on my mission and I looked I looked to my companion and I felt like felt my abdomen and I was like what is this weird bump on my abdomen but I mean I don't know what my organs are supposed to be like and it's so silly now thinking about it but I just was like, what is this? And my companion was like, I have no idea. They're like, maybe you did some damage to your abdomen muscle. I mean, I was working out a lot of my mission. So I was like, sure. Yeah. Why not go with that? Because honestly, that must be it. it didn't cause me any pain. So I had no clue. I mean, since not having it, like my, when I wear pants or jeans or things like that, it, my stomach doesn't hurt. Like my stomach used to hurt so bad and I would never wear jeans for very long because it hurt. And that was painful. Or like every time I ate, like, I feel like I just had indigestion or whatever weird digestive problems. Those things have gotten so much better because it was just chilling on top of my intestines. And so it makes total sense. Yeah. So So just like weird things. I'm a little, I'm more comfortable, I would say, but I didn't ever cause me intense pain, which is crazy to think about. Oh, I'm so glad. Yeah. I'm so glad that's all done. Yeah, me I too. Thank goodness for Lisa Joe for you being able to figure it all out and right that she's here safe and sound. I know that's, her little ear was amazing. folded over. It's actually permanently misshaped because the cyst was laying on her head for a good while and during pregnancy. Oh my so, gosh! Yeah, <laughs> just a little misshaped though, a little fold. Yep. Yeah, so it's like that's awesome. Yeah, all the lining inside of it is just the cartilage doesn't line any of it. It's just kind of like a flat folded over portion. That's awesome. Yeah, I love it. Me well, too. Hey, you know, just a little bit of evidence of the sacrifice her mom. Totally. To yeah. Here. It was so worth it. She can carry that with her her whole life and remember to be thankful for you. That's yeah. What I think. <laughs> right. So what kind of encouragement or advice could you give to um, a new mom that is kind of, that is facing a C-section or, and, and then also what ways c- could you find um, that friends could support you in a c-section because it does seem like those who don't know and then they make foolish comments like the easy way out so what other things could we tell our friends so right be more wise I feel like honestly just being willing to like listen about the whole experience because I remember a friend talking to me about it and telling me she's like I don't want to scare you in case you end up having a c-section but I was I was so glad my friend told me about like that you can feel a c-section the whole time it's happening without being in any pain and you know because it's a surreal experience um to be awake during a surgery like that and feel things but not have it hurt yeah yeah, because it's like this pressure thing. Like at one point, I remember feeling like the assisting doctor was physically leaning on my chest. Yeah, I felt like there was an like, elephant literally pushing like, on my stomach. That? It's weird. Mm-hmm. Totally. Mm-hmm. But then yeah. she also told me to like, she's like, just in case you have a C-section, bring these kinds of sweatpants, like, or whatever, you know, just things that really help me. She's like, don't bring anything that will like bother a C-section scar. And I'm so grateful because I did have those things packed in a bag. And I mean, she was right, you know, and then I had, you know, friends later on who, you know, instead of, because I feel like sometimes either moms, you're judged for being too positive as a mom, or you're judged for being too negative as a mom. Like, you know what I'm saying? And so I just remember being able to talk to someone and tell them that I was so grateful my baby was born the way she was, but I did mourn not having it the way I wanted. And she just validated that. And she validated it. And that was, that was great. Like, because it was, it was a real feeling, but I was grateful for her listening to that. And, and, you know, because I feel like most moms go in and birth plans, you know, that's the big thing, never go according because you just can't predict what's going to happen. And that's fine. And so I was 
I was grateful that I had ideas of what I wanted, but honestly, I was kind of grateful. I didn't write down a birth plan because I think I would have been a little more disappointed if it hadn't gone exactly the way I wrote it down. Yeah. That's a lot of investment if you're writing yeah. it down and maybe laminating yeah. it. Yeah. Which, cause you aren't, cause the end of the day, you're not in charge of how it goes. Totally. It's right. It, it's, it's totally biology and God. Like yeah. you really don't have any control. You have control over how you react to how it goes, totally. but you don't really have control on how it goes. Totally. So yeah, I just think listening and validating, which are like the two classic things or, you know, just like, and support because, you know, I, and I was grateful. My friend had experienced that before me just a month, our babies are a month apart. And, you know, I, her experience of going through that was able to help me be like, okay, well, if I have a C-section and do that or going through the C-section, like it's, it's going to be okay. And it's, it's not the end. Like it was still a real experience. It was still a good experience of, you know, my baby came into the world. So. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that my little dream the morning that Emily was born was that for me. Yeah. Was just that validation. Like, here's how it's going to go and it's going to be okay. Yep. So then I wasn't scared. Yeah. And I w- actually went home from that appointment. The doctor's like, well, we'll see you tomorrow morning. Yeah. And I was like, tomorrow morning, the baby's not due for two weeks. He's like, I don't want you going into labor on your yep. own. I said, okay. So I went home and I ate a little dinner and laid down on the cu- couch and I was watching Survivor. And James was getting the other kids ready for bed. And I was totally going into labor. Mm-hmm. I was counting what? the minutes and the contractions. And I was like, you got to be kidding me. It's like, no, I just want one night. Can right. One night. But um, no, she was born that night at 11 o'clock. And my doctor was the sweetest because he wasn't even on call. But um, he heard I went in and he came in and delivered oh, for me. So, so that great. was. So yeah. So if you can find a doctor like that. Right. Yeah. It's important to. Yeah. I never even met of- the doctor that delivered my baby until the day. I delivered, (laughs) which, which can add a little bit to the concern and worry, you know, because then it's somebody you don't know, you don't have a rapport with them. You may, you know, you don't know if you can really trust that they're going to take good care of you. Yeah. Yeah. So those are key for sure. For sure. Well, gosh, I'm so thankful that you are willing to be so vulnerable and open and share this amazing story because I don't think that you are that unique in that. So many people experience that. Don't go. Yeah things don't go as we plan in delivery. They just don't. And being sensitive to the fact that maybe, maybe your friend's birth plan wasn't what they expected and it wasn't what you want. doesn't mean that you should comment in a negative way about how it went for them. (laughs) Let's be, let's be generous to one another. Moms. Yeah, seriously. So yeah, because we're all in this together and it's, and it is sure a lot easier and more fun when we can, when we can be in it together Absolutely. and be supportive, like, like your cute friend that gave you such wise advice yeah. before the birth. That's awesome. Well, one year down, many more to go. Yeah. I'm so excited for you Thanks. to be a new mom. It's such a sweet, a sweet part of life. Yeah, for sure. it really is. And soon she's just going to be, you know, leaving you in the dust as she runs oh, I know. down the hall and before you know it, she's going to have her driver's license. Oh, and, yeah. She's and so who, independent already. Right. <laughs> right. Yes. Which is what you want. Totally. It's a good it's thing. It's great. Yeah. Yeah. So just soak it up while, while it's there yeah. for sure. But thanks so much for joining me, Ashley. I really, really appreciate you coming on the Epic Mom podcast. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. It was good to catch up and it was good to participate. Awesome. 
Didn't you just love that story that Ashley shared and the experiences that she was so kind to and generous to just put out there in the open about her personal experience with the birth of her daughter? I especially loved how she talked about learning to be an advocate for herself. How important that is for us as moms to be advocates for ourselves. We're so careful to do it for our children and for the other people that we have responsibility for, but we we must do it for ourselves in medical situations but also in everyday life when we just need to make sure that um, when things are important, that our voice is heard and that we um, are able to take care of the things that need to be handled. So what a good example that she is to me. And I know that you gained as much from that conversation as I did. Um, Go out there and just hug your babies and make it an epic day. Tune in next week when I visit with my fun friend, Erica Mendenhall. She is so full of light and inspiration as she mothers her two teenage boys. It's an episode you won't want to miss.